Until the Whole World Hears is our podcast of mission stories from across the globe, told by members in WEC UK and Ireland. Welcome and thanks for joining us. I am your host, Martha, and together we'll learn more about what mission can look like. It can be challenging to live for Christ in the day-to-day, but hearing from others can inspire us to persevere exactly where God has placed us. Thank you for joining, and I hope you enjoy hearing these conversations. I'd love if you could just chat through a little bit of your process in, in coming to decide that you wanted to do mission. My journey really was meant to start off when I was born. Uh, my mother and father were missionaries in Nigeria, West Africa. I suppose early on in my life, I sort of thought of the possibility that I may be involved um, as a missionary later on in, in life, but was never um, really sure. As, as time went on, um, my, my faith grew and uh, I became more involved in outreach and evangelism as I grew into my teens. Yeah, I think the, the conviction that uh, mission was something for me uh, was something which grew uh, gradually. I worked for a time as um, an airframe fitter working as a civilian for the RAF and then moved to Bible College. <clears throat> was like, again, um, this uh, working for the Lord full time in some respect was in the back of my mind. And I felt that um, I needed to prepare for that. Uh, but even after Bible college, I wasn't sure where I would be. I, I started doing church youth work here in Ireland after Bible college. And uh, so, yes, it was a, it was a gradual uh, process. It is like just taking tentative steps in a direction, isn't it? And just seeing where what god does with that and, and where he takes you um as you as you progress through that yeah growing up in in africa it was a an amazing adventure and um my father he would take me on some of his uh, evangelism trips uh, some trips into uh the the hills the mountains um in between nigeria and the cameroons I remember at one point thinking to myself, um, I'm going to come back here. And, uh, but uh, I've never got back to Nigeria, but I, I, I have got back to Africa <laughs> by, by going to Senegal. Well, so what's the process then of, of planting a church? Um, if, if your purpose going out to another country is to plant churches, um, how, how, what things have to be in place, I guess, for you to actually get to the point where you start up a church and, and people attend? Well, what happened in our situation was that um, there had already been um, a church planted in Ziegenshore, which was the town that we were, we were living in. And um, it was uh, a multicultural church. And uh, on some Sundays, the the, the sermon would be translated into maybe three or four different languages. And uh, when actually the, the, region, the region that we were in was the Jola region. And uh, so there, there, at that point in Ziegenshore, there wasn't a Jola speaking church. And um, so our assignment really was to plant 
Jola-speaking church. Culturally, um, tea, sweet, uh, strong African tea was used um, whenever people sat around in the afternoons talking with each other. Part of this tea would be made and handed round in little glass cups. Oh, that sounds lovely. And uh, so it was, it was part of the, um, the cult discussion, storytelling type culture that, um, that they had. And so that was, that was used as a means of sharing the gospel. We would invite people along to um, what we call tea debates and somebody would either give their testimony or um, share a, a passage of scripture and we would all sit and discuss it together. Initially, we, we hired a little room and we had our services there. And then um, we progressed into buying a plot of land. And we had our churches out in the open air underneath the mango trees. So um, yeah, it was interesting during the mango season, um, whenever the mangoes started dropping during the service. Uh, it certainly kept everybody awake from falling asleep during the sermons and uh, you just had to be alert uh, for these mangoes that were dropping. But uh, we, we had some amazing times um, there. And uh, well, today they, they do have a, a building that they can, they can worship in. That's so cool to hear this. I think it's just great to know that in a sense, mission in another country, there's a lot of it, which is just like, you're just living your normal life somewhere else <laughs> um, and doing the same kinds of things that we would all be doing, those of us who are in the UK, but just in another country. Yeah. Whenever we first arrived in Ziggenshore in 1989, on the very first week, there was a young lad who was climbing up the coconut tree in the mission compound. And um, he got down some coconuts for our kids uh, to eat. And uh, it turned out that he had finished his schooling. Uh, he had gone off to Bible college. He had married and he'd come back again. And he was the one that was to be the, the pastor. He became the pastor of the, the church that, um, that we had had the joy of setting up in, in Ziegenshore. And so it was, it was a real answer to prayer and a real blessing really to, to see a church develop and grow, become established and, and, to, and to leave at that point, just, just seeing them going on themselves and progressing with the Lord. So it was good. Could you talk just a bit about the cultural differences or, or some main cultural differences that stood out to you, either positive or negative? One of the things that uh, would, would come up in conversation from time to time was um, a request that um, we gave them something. For instance, um, they could say, they, they would say, um, you know, give me your shirt or, or give, me your, give me your shoes. And um, for a while, we didn't quite know how to respond to this, <laughs> whether we should actually, you know, give it to them or um, say, no, sorry, I can't, I need it. Um, but we, we soon discovered that it was a way of, I suppose, teasing, teasing you or um, a way of 
building a relationship with you and um, the answer that we, we learned that we sh should have been giving was, um, sure, yes, I'll give it to you next time I see you. Yeah, whereas, whereas at the start we thought, oh, what are you meant to do here? <laughs> do you recall a, a time or a, a sort of answer to prayer or any time when, when you were in that place of all you could do was depend on the Lord and then he, he answered a prayer in a certain way? Or do you have, you know, like an, an illustration of a time when that was really tangible to you? Yes, there was uh, one incident that happened early on in our time of Senegal. We were fumbling around with the language, um, trying to get to know the culture. How are we going to communicate? How are we going to get in touch with the people, our neighbours round about us? And um, so I suppose a certain degree of um, concern about how it would all happen. I remember one day, it was just after lunchtime, we were praying about that, Ruth and myself, just asking the Lord, you know, what, what do you want us to do? How are we going to reach these people? You know, how are the doors going to open up for us in this ministry? And so we, we prayed, we, we um, went for our siesta. It was during the rainy season, uh, the rain came on. And then as we finished our siesta, uh, the rain went off. And we were sitting having a cup of tea when suddenly there was a tremendous crash and a flash, and which startled us all. Didn't know what it was. And then we realized that there'd been an, a lightning strike somewhere nearby. Wow. Whether it had hit the house or not, we weren't too sure what was going on. And, and then we started hearing wailing and crying coming from some of our neighbors' houses. There was a lady lying in the road, um, just not far from her house, beside a tree, and um, smoke was rising from her clothes, and nobody, none of the, the neighbors wanted to go near her. They were totally terrified. And uh, so obviously, you know, she'd been struck by lightning. And so I ran over to her, uh, tried to feel her pulse. There was no pulse. And I started to, um, to give CPR on her. And eventually she, she came round and uh, we, um, we got her into the car. We took her to the hospital and she survived. And um, so, <laughs> but the, I'd never experienced anything like that before. And I, all I knew about CPR was what I'd learned in the Boys Brigade, you know, when I was a, a teenager. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I don't know. I'd be able to do that. I don't think. <laughs> no, no expert on it. And, uh, but anyway, the lady survived. And the next day, we uh, started receiving visitors and people bringing us. Uh, fruit, vegetables, uh, members of the family coming, thanking us for helping them. So <laughs> the number of people that we saw and that came to the house after that was incredible. But not only that, her son started coming along to our house 
and he became you know interested in what we were doing what we were saying um i i did bible studies with him he came and he trusted the lord and um he joined with the church as well and so there we were um totally frustrated you know just crying out to the lord how is this going to happen what's going to happen here and and the lord the lord did it and gave us an opening into the, the community that we had we'd never experienced <laughs> and you couldn't experience any other way yeah i've certainly never witnessed i don't even think i've seen a building hit by lightning let alone a person that's quite scary yeah it was i, I sort of i thought at the time um you know lightning doesn't normally strike twice in the same spot <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so i thought why well, I, I should be all right <laughs> so i went for it <laughs> what would your advice be to uh maybe a younger christian uh first of all who's considering going overseas or or maybe exploring or is hearing about uh mission uh possibly through WEC or, or something else and isn't sure if that's what god's calling them to yeah i think the essential thing is to keep your heart open to what way the lord might lead you um and allow yourself to be to explore push push doors um and as as you do that the lord will either open or close doors for you a willingness to serve him and to be guided by him and he will in his time show you um the right way to go yeah and i think we do that's that's so true um i think we just make it so complicated sometimes don't we and actually god is just gonna you know we're not gonna end up doing something that that he's panicking about <laughs> um so yeah that's that's really encouraging um and then i just secondly i was wondering do you have any encouragement for um i mean obviously at the moment we're in a in a very unique time but perhaps someone who knows that they're they're called to the uk or or is just trying to kind of go about their normal life whatever that looks like um and and live missionally but perhaps do doesn't feel called to full-time mission overseas but is just trying to get by in their current situation if we know the lord and love the lord and we're his children um his spirit is within us and he's he's called us to to shine for him wherever we are uh, whatever those situations might be and um, to never never think that you're you're in a situation which um yeah is he he's called you and he wants you to serve him wherever you find yourself to be um i mean i was um involved in youth work for a number of years before going to to the mission field so just just get involved in your church get involved um where the lord has placed you and be his witness allow him to shine through you wherever you are whatever you're doing yeah that's a that's a beautiful distinction i think allowing god to shine through us rather than trying to make ourselves shine for god <laughs> um because Jesus says that we are shining, we just tend to hide it. <laughs> um, thank you very much for um, agreeing to to chat with me today. Um, it, was, it was great to hear from you and really encouraging as well to hear just 
your experiences and, and stories from being uh, in mission overseas. We hope you enjoyed Till the Whole World Hears. If you found this helpful, please write a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to know more about WEC UK and Ireland, you can visit our website or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in the description. Join us next time to hear more about what living as a missionary is like. Thanks for sharing our podcast and blessings on your week. Goodbye. Goodbye.